Where are we? We're at the top of the hour here at KRWF 95.9 Moorhead Fargo. When do we want it? Now. RadioFreeFargo.org is where you can get it right now. Anywhere in the world, you're streaming the best independent radio station in the world as far as I'm concerned. But definitely in Fargo Moorhead where it's a beautiful, warm, sweater-wearing pumpkin spice if you're into that sort of thing kind of day. And so, welcome. It's Thursday, 4 o'clock, means Canatalk and D with Wilson. I'm Wilson. Right before me was Side Stage with Travel, 1 to 3 o'clock every Thursday on KRWF. Radio Free Fargo, Canatalk and D with Wilson from 4 to 5. I get in here at 4 o'clock, I blow through a little bit of red tape, slide you a couple jams, and then at 4.20 we uh, burn up a big fat bag of cannabis news. And this Thursday's no different. I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about, so we'll get right into it. But again, we talk about cannabis, if you haven't guessed that already, in my tone, dude. We talk about legalization. We talk about the benefits of cannabis. And all that stuff will be intertwined with music. And then we'll give you all the uh, fresh, condensed stuff at 420. Until then, I want to tell you about Radio Free Fargo presenting Songwriter Showcase, October 23rd. That's coming up, I believe, that's Saturday. Five bucks, 21 plus, that's the Aquarium downtown. A night of local songwriters featuring Duly Noted, Darren Wentz, Divine Offering, Travis Nero's Todd Seasone, and my favorite name to say, Earthworm Tim. Lastly, Gina Powers. Come support local radio and local music. And just to keep right on pushing, we also have Thursday, October 28th, 2021. That's this year, if you figured it out. Benefit for 95.9, that's us. Come support us, featuring Friday Night Frequency Session DJs on Friday. Star 4, DJ Kellum NLP, John Potter, Andy Lights, and Ick Tomey. The Aquarium, 26 North Broadway, 21 plus, 9 p.m. Come on down, do a little dancing. We're going to put on a benefit. It's your favorite community radio station. Come out, enjoy a wonderful evening of music. Free will donation will be taken again thanks for joining me i'm wilson canatalk nd with wilson every thursday i get in here it's 420 degrees here in the studio i'm not sure what temperature it is where you're at but uh if you're doing it right it's also 420 degrees where you are i'm dressed appropriately i hope you guys are too this show is brought to you by black cottage alchemy black cottage alchemy on facebook blackcottagealchemy.com you can also go to tochi products They also have the uh, body butter, which I swear by. Everybody should have that in their medicine cabinet. And uh, I know I do, but I don't really have a medicine cabinet. So I just, you know, strap it under my arm so I can just kind of get in there when I need it. But if you guys need it, Tochi Products, come on down. Odds and ends in West Fargo as well. When you're in Tochi Products, sign the ND for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. The only petition being circulated, actually the only effort being promoted in North Dakota to legalize cannabis. It's a constitutional amendment. It's, it's a great measure, so if you haven't signed, get to Orange Records, get to Tochi Products, Google NorthDakotaCannabisCaucus.com if you're in another town, like my daughter's in Dickinson, actually she's sitting here looking at me now, hello, so if you're in Dickinson, NorthDakotaCannabisCaucus.com, there'll be a place you can sign. If you got some extra time, be the guy who gets the signatures, January is when they wrap this up, and then the legislative session's coming up in January, and we'll let you know more about that as we get into this thing kind of talking d with wilson is on instagram i keep you posted i'll let you know when we give you this minus the music on youtube it's been usually sunday around noon and like i always say i believe cannabis was created by god our creator and i show him respect at antioch church every sunday at 10 a.m so feel free to join me if you'd like to get your god on until then strap on your resin soaked seat belt and we're going to push 
through this thing. Again, Orange Records Downtown also has the ND for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. Tochi Products also has the Black Cottage Alchemy products. Who is sponsoring this show, Canatalk ND with Wilson, every Thursday. And we'll get into this thing at 420. But first, I'm going to play a little new Jack White, which I think we should call him Jack Blue because uh, he's dyed his hair blue. He kind of looks like Thing 2 of the Thing 1 and Thing 2, if you ask me. Here's Taking Me Back, brand new Jack White, Radio Free Fargo, 95.9. Yowza, Taking Me Back, Jack White, brand new. Apparently the first uh, solo stuff out of Jack White in four years. And uh, I don't know what you think about that, but that, that was pretty uh, pretty tasty on my ears. I uh, think it's mutual here in this studio. So uh, thank you, Jack White. If you're listening to Radio Free Fargo, KRWF 95.9, Moorhead Fargo, RadioFreeFargo.org. Welcome to Canada Talk Indeed with Wilson. At 420, we're going to open a big fat bag of cannabis news. And I'm excited to present that to you. Uh, just hang tight with me. we got a little more music to play. But right after me, Stinky Arts Music Mart. Then you got Radio Madness, Locals on the 8. And then we wrap it up with some deep, dark, black, medley stuff. Black Ring Ritual wraps up your Thursday here at the best independent radio station here in Fargo. Moore had a beautiful day here. Enjoy it. We ain't got a lot, uh, a lot of these left. Hopefully a lot left. I make stuff up sometimes. But anyway... Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. Again, it's the only thing circulating. 21 plus to possess, 12 plants, 6 mature, 6 non-licensed business, and uh, where public smoking is allowed. And I'll keep you posted on anything new in that regard. Uh, Minnesota's been pretty quiet. Uh, South Dakota is ripping and roaring. Nebraska's also pushing through. I just wanted to say this segment of music on 95.9 KRWF Radio Free Fargo is being underwritten by Orange Records. Orange Records offers a variety of new and used music on vinyl and CD, as well as a large selection of posters, DVDs, and much more. Orange Records buys used vinyl, CDs, and cassettes. Orange Records is located at 641 First Avenue North in downtown Fargo. They are open noon to 6.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday and are closed on Sundays. Search Orange Records Fargo on Facebook for updates on new arrivals and special events. Again, Canada Talking Day with Wilson. We talk about cannabis, benefits of cannabis, and a legalization process that goes along with it. And then at 420, uh, I got all kinds of stuff here that we're going to talk about. Just to kind of, you know, just I'm going to be talking about cannabis. That's what happens in this hour. And then right after me, Stinky Arts Music Mart, Radio Madness, Locals on the 8, Black Ring Ritual, wraps up your whatever. Now, we're now to the part where we're going to play two songs. And it's close enough to Halloween. My daughter and I were discussing, well, what shall we play? You know, because when she's here, I like to, you know. And if you're ever listening when she is here, the music isn't always, you know, sounds like what I would play. But we've got Purple People Eater, all right, that goes right into a surprise song that isn't technically a Halloween song. But when you hear it, you'll know what I mean. So here we go. Purple People Eater, Sheb Woolley, 1958, my friends. And then on the other side of this, kind of talking D with Wilson. Come on back. Stay with me. Here's Purple People Eater. Spooky. Du hast Ramstein. That's from 1997. And that's a scary song. If you went up to get candy at a door when they were playing that, I'm telling you, you may just leave without the toothbrush that the guy's giving you. Or the, you know, Tootsie Rolls if they're playing Ramstein. Right before that, Purple People Eater, Shabuli, 1958. We figured, hey, on Hallow- you know, on Thursday before Halloween, everybody's going to be playing Halloween tunes. So we thought we'd just get ahead of the curve and then play a couple for you here on KRWF 95.9 Radio Free Fargo. 
Or Canada Talk ND with Wilson every Thursday, 4 o'clock. I get up into the studio. 4.20, we open a big fat bag of cannabis news. And this Thursday is no different. In fact, I'm starting to kind of, you know, get it out of my backpack as we we stink and speak. Beautiful day here in downtown Fargo. Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act petitions, what's being circulated in the state of North Dakota. The only thing happening to promote and push cannabis legalization. So if you haven't signed it, Get in and sign at Orange Records, Tochi Products, IndieCannabisCaucus.com to find out where in your town you can participate. Now, here's where we start to play the intro music. But I just wanted to say before me, side stage with Trav 1 to 3, right after me, Stinky Arts Music Mart. Then it's Radio Madness, Locals on the 8, Black Ring Ritual wraps up your Thursday here at KRWF 95.9. Again, thanks for listening and checking out the best radio station that you're ever going to find when you're listening to the radio station you're listening to now. So anyway, it's kind of talking D with Wilson, Radio Free Fargo, 95.9. Come on back. Yo, it's Wilson from Canatalk ND. You know, the super awesome show you're getting ready to listen to. I think you should go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll wait. Okay, enjoy the show. Blah, 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 blah. Hello, everybody. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see each and every one of you, everybody that's listening to Canatalk ND with Wilson. I'm your boy, Wilson. You're listening to KRWF. 95.9 and we're going to talk about cannabis i'm so excited to talk about it are you excited to listen to me talk about it i hope so here we go man and just let me interject quick um as you guys know if you listened i haven't gotten down with the sugars or anything like you know sinful in regards to what you would put in your mouth that's kind of like a funny joke there i think i just made but at the end of this we're going to go to a particular place that has waffles and uh, some are really sweet and awesome and some are just kind of regular you know and so the the battle is, am I going to go with the sugar? And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. And you guys probably don't care. And I'll make sure to come back next Thursday and tell you if I buckled or not. I'm still on the fence. But until then, let's talk about cannabis in a positive light, shall we? This is Cannabis Moment. South Dakota lawmakers advance cannabis legalization bill as activists pursue 2022 ballot initiative. Now, this is kind of a stacked kind of topic here. Because to back up, first of all... Uh, activists already had it on the ballot 2021 okay for recreational cannabis and it got voted in 54 percent of you lovely people in south dakota voted it in and then they decided it violated a single subject rule which seems to be kind of the point of contention when it comes to legislators when they don't like what the people voted they they like to somehow analyze a measure and find out and, and find out it violates a single subject rule. I don't know how many states have actually pursued and won over this kind of gray and vague way of saying they're talking about more than one topic. Let's throw it out if we don't like it. Well, that's what happened here. The judges have yet to determine. And so, in fact, they still could say, well, it didn't violate the single subject rule and recreational cannabis could literally immediately be legal. Now they've went past the deadline and the activists are kind of freaking out because they think and I think they're going to say no because I don't think they still need more time to decide. I think they've decided out the gate. They just politically either thought it was strategically to say yes and wait or strategically to wait and say no and wait. But I guarantee you they know what they're going to say. They just either don't have the spine to come out and say it or they don't have the spine to come out and say it. Because one group's going to be mad if they say yes, the other group's going to be mad if they say no. So activists decide, hey, we're going to hurry up and get to something moving and pushing 
so we can get it on the 2022 ballot initiative on the ballot. But here's the thing. They only have until November 8th. So that doesn't leave them a lot of time, folks. So if you're in South Dakota, you need to volunteer, you need to sign, you need to help these guys get it done. Now, here's what I'm talking about now. This isn't, this is lawmakers, okay? South Dakota lawmakers, which definitely have been involved in this whole stall when it comes to medical and recreational, no question. The only reason these things haven't moved, and I want to say like Flandreau Tribe, if you need your cannabis, they can get you your card same day. Just go to, uh, it's Yankton Tribe. It's uh, south of Fargo. Uh, it's north of Sioux Falls. But there is a dispensary in the uh, on that Indian reservation. They will issue you a card and you can leave with, I guess, relatively decent medicine. FYI. Now, South Dakota lawmakers on Tuesday advanced legislation to legalize cannabis for adult use and replace the state's newly established medical cannabis program. Now, that should that should freak out everybody that worked that hard to get that medical cannabis program. And there's grow on it. Okay, just keep that in mind. And legislators hate the grow. No grow, no go, they say. That's that's their statement. I never made it up. They did. They say no grow, no go. That's what I always hear them say, you know, especially in the bathroom at Subway. What am I talking about? They want to, they want to replace the newly established medical cannabis program, which which kind of sounds like a lot of wasted time, wasted money. I mean, if you've got a newly established, what did you want to do? You want to de-establish the recently established program? What's wrong with you? All right. So that should tell you how twisted up South Dakota is and where their strategic mindset is when you think of everything that's in play. And it kind of sounds similar to House Bill 1420 when they tried to pit it up against the, you know, Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act Constitutional Amendment because the legislators in North Dakota know like it a constitutional amendment. So they thought if we come up with this one, this will appease the, you know, the little dummies and then they won't pursue this one that we don't want to happen. So that's what feels, that's what it feels like here in South Dakota. They came up with their own one to legalize recreational, which should kind of tell you a little bit more about that single subject rule currently in contention. Okay, and then you have the activists who are racing to get something on next year's that's going to be better than this one. Okay, so in an eight to two vote, a subcommittee tasked with exploring adult use cannabis recommended approving a draft bill that's being carried by Chairman Hugh Bartles, which I don't know. That seems like a funny name and I can't come up with a joke about it. But Hugh Bartles sounds like a dummy. This comes as the state Supreme Court continues to contemplate a review of the constitutionality of an earlier cannabis legalization initiative that voters approved in 2020, but which was later challenged with a lawsuit funded by the administration of Governor Kristi Noem. But again, it wasn't funded by the administration. It was funded by you, South Dakota taxpayers, that the administration yanked out of, according to, you know, under Kristi Noem's purview. At the same time, activists have launched a signature gathering drive to put a cannabis legalization on the state's ballot. I just said that after receiving clearance. But again, they have to be done by like, you know, they got to have it in by next month to put the cannabis issue back before voters next year. Now, I, I have high hopes that they're going to do it. So a recommendation is effectively what the Adult Use Cannabis Study Subcommittee made on Thursday. Um, it's a positive vote on his bill. It will now move on to the full interim committee, and you know how that goes. And then it'll be considered by the executive board. After that point, the measure would be introduced for formal action in the 2022 session. Okay. So as drafted, the legalization would allow adults 21 and older to purchase and possess up to an O. Unlike the legalization initiatives approved last year, the lawmakers would not provide a home grow option for adult consumers. Cannabis cultivation for commercial use could only be grown indoors too, which 
I don't know what that's about. It's about as close as we're going to get to something passed out of the committee. Well, then don't worry about it. We don't need you. Just stink and get your judges to agree on the one that the people already voted on and let's move on. But the thing is, is you want to control the narrative. You guys want to decide some stuff. And so I believe that this is all, you guys are all in cahoots. Each and every one of you have discussed this behind closed doors and these are your strategic kind of, we're smarter than the people. And I don't like it. And I don't think South Dakota people like it either. So I would imagine that if the court does rule that Amendment A stands, this bill would never be introduced. So he says, in a separate interview, we picked this legislative path to go down in the event that the 2020 initiative was struck down in court. So they're acting like they don't know, but I don't buy it. Advocates, meanwhile, aren't holding their breath for the court or for the lawmakers. They intend to remove to move ahead with 2020 ballot initiative to legalize recreational cannabis. And uh, they hope... You know, they can work with lawmakers on their proposal, but there's no scenario in which we stop collecting signatures based on committee recommendations. And that's why these guys are so awesome. At this time, we are completely focused on a petition signature drive so that we can maintain the option of going back to the ballot next year if necessary, says Schweck. Our goal is to finish the drive in early November. After that, we will turn our focus to the upcoming legislative session. So these guys are awesome. November 8th to collect at least 16,000 ballot signatures. The campaign seeking volunteers right stinking now. So if you can volunteer... Get up in there. Get it handled. South Dakota, I'm rooting for you. Now, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about this one. Activists erect. Activist apes, actually. So a bunch of people dressed up as apes erect a 2,001-pound monolith in front of DEA headquarters demanding feds evolve on drug policy. A group of activists dressed in ape suits danced around an eight-foot monolith that they erected outside the DEA office. A group calling itself Anonymous Apes organized the stunt to protest DEA policies such as the criminalization of drugs like cannabis and psilocybin and the way the agency enforces current bans such as through the use of deadly no-knock raids, blah, 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 blah. The activists are effectively telling DEA to evolve on various criminal justice reform issues and they did so by placing a big pound block in front of the agency's main building and then they drew a scene as they mimic apes. Well, I'm not so sure if that's going to work, but that sounds like a fun way to spend an afternoon on cannabis. I mean, we're here to change the law, break the law. I'm sure those guys were completely sober when they jumped into those ape suits. Now we got like, like some fun stuff to talk about, and this is interesting. You guys can think about whatever you want. Oregon County just declared state of emergency over number of illegal cannabis grows. Nearly half of all hemp farms in Oregon are actually growing illegal, illegal cannabis, and the burden of enforcing it is overwhelming local police. Farmers in southern Oregon are growing so much cannabis that the local officials are begging the state government for assistance. Last week, they said it was an imminent threat to the public health and safety of our citizens from the illegal production of cannabis in our county. Now, that just sounds really hyperbolic. I mean, okay, I'm hoping they can prove it. Okay, show me the imminent threat because that's what I never hear. I always hear people go like, oh, you give it to the kids and our community will fall apart. Oh, you let these guys do it and they'll drive into buildings. Oh, if you do this, all the guns and the shooting. But then I never, ever see any proof of that. Never. I mean, we're now at three different states that's kicking down a billion dollars in tax money from cannabis. And where is the side articles about the crimes and all the horribleness that would come if you were selling that much in crack publicly? And then I stand by that. So this imminent threat, where is it? So we'll see. Cannabis production has been legal in Oregon since 2014. 
but some farmers choose to step outside the market in order to maximize their profits. Well, I would argue that the fat cats and the government and, and pharmaceutical companies they and construction companies, they've always stepped outside the legal market in order to maximize their profits. The Beaver State's legal weed industry already produces way more cannabis than the state's residents actually smoke, which has driven the price of illegal cannabis down. But farmers who grow cannabis outside of the state's strict seed-to-sale tracking system are easily able to smuggle their product to prohibition states, where prices are much higher. Now, nobody likes to pay high prices, but who in the, you know who in legal illegal states doesn't doesn't agree with that? Isn't glad that's happening? You know, I mean, I would think most people have gotten past the fact that cannabis is bad, and that the government is bad until they revoke these horrible restrictions on a plant. Which, again, like I said, my twin sister, Jelson, she'd been using cannabis for 20 plus years, went off at zero withdrawals. None. I've been off sugar for four weeks and I'm still like, just like, you know, shoot me up full of sugar, playa. You know what I mean? So, come on. These illegal farms also pose a serious environmental risk. So let's look at that. Since they are not subject to state quality testing regs, most illegal cannabis growers save money by using toxic banned pesticides that can poison forests and wildlife. Now, that does sound like an intimate threat, and that sounds horrible. And in southern Oregon, many of these farms are illegally siphoning groundwater, which is especially bad news for a state that has recently been plagued with heat waves, wildfires, and extreme drought. Now, that sounds horrible. That don't sound good at all. So, bad people doing bad things for the environment you know, so what are they going to do about it? So they have assigned four full-time inspectors to handle complaints in both Jackson County and neighboring Josephine. Local commissioners have warned that this small staff is now completely overwhelmed by the vast number of water-stealing cannabis farms. Local police and regulators have also been unable to keep up with the burden of cracking down on violators. In their letter to the state, Jackson County uh, requested the state water department dedicate three more full-time staff. They want additional funding, more detectives, and they want to help support Farmers who are complying with the law. Apparently, California and well, in California they have the cartels. Well, and I heard the cartels are getting Chinese people in through the border, and they don't even know English, and they're the ones farming those cannabis farms. But again, criminality is never good. I say bust the criminals. But in the same instance, if it's legal in Oregon, and people are doing it illegally for states that is illegal to have it. I mean, where would, where would the people in the state that need it medically that don't have that option, how are they going to get it? Are you saying, well, it's horrible and they shouldn't have it and they should go to the pharmaceutical company and get an aspirin? Or do you think you're lucky stars that there's somebody in Oregon that's growing it extra for you? However, if you're depleting resources and you're using crazy pesticides, and again, if, if you look at a cannabis bud next to one that's been overly pesticized, you can tell. And it isn't great. The ashes are different. You know, you get a black ash off a funky plant. You get gray ash off a non-pesticide plant. And you can write that down. Anybody taking notes? Okay. Dark ash got pesticides. Gray ash is good to go. You're welcome. So, Oregon is not open for business to illegal cannabis growth, says Charles Boyle. These are criminal enterprises that deplete water resources while our state is in drought, hold their workforce in inhumane conditions, and severely harm our legal cannabis marketplace. Now, I'm not sure that it harms the legal cannabis marketplace so much. I have no idea. But let's talk about this. This is kind of funny. Man says he couldn't smell 13 kilos of cannabis in his vehicle due to COVID symptoms. Do you believe him? 
I mean, to be fair, COVID-19 is known for destroying some patient's sense of smell. Am I right? But I don't know what 13 kilos of cannabis looks like, but you'd have to have a pretty bad case of COVID. A man who blamed COVID for unknowingly transporting cannabis has been sentenced to jail for just over a year. September 9th, police officers in the northwestern English town of Carlisle arrested, arrested a restaurant delivery driver after discovering that his trunk was full of laundry bags containing some 13 kilos of cannabis with an estimated 130,000 pound street value, which uh, when you apply for the exchange rate, that's $657. I got no idea. The driver said he had no idea either. After getting COVID-19, a sense of smell was supposedly shot. Asked if he'd smelled a strong smell of cannabis. He said he had COVID three weeks before and couldn't smell it. The prosecutor, Gerard Rogerson of the BBC. Queen Ty may have been the only one who didn't know he was hauling loud around. Law enforcement on the case reported they could smell the weed from outside the car. A judge didn't buy the no smell, no tell defense. A Tuesday, the court sentenced Ty to 14 months in jail. Though certain uses of medicinal cannabis products were legalized years ago in England, wreck use, sale, or transportation itself continues to be illegal. Simple possession can land someone up to five years in jail. Whoa. Ty's sentence could have been harsher given the amount of cannabis found in his possession, but given the fact that he couldn't smell it and he had COVID, they decided to let him go. Just kidding. Regardless of the laws on the books, they are not applied evenly in England. Statistics from 2020 say that some 10% of those found guilty of cannabis-related crimes in the country are Asian, despite them making up only 8% of the population. This is just, The disparity is even worse among England's 3% black population, who make up 20% of the convictions. You fled from the police initially, the judge said upon sentencing. I'm quite satisfied that because you knew exactly what was in the car and you knew the reason why you were driving it. Right, the car chase. Cops first spotted Ty on the M6 highway between Carlisle and the town of Penrith. He was not keen to speak with the officers and managed to escape temporarily, finally being apprehended near the village settlement of Durdar. Now, he wasn't able to smell the cannabis in his trunk, but he was able to smell the pigs. So, I mean, he can't smell cannabis, but he can smell bacon. I say his nose working just fine. Cannabis moment. Here's another fun one. New York employers can't drug test most workers for cannabis, state announces. And I also want to mention that if you're looking for a job and you don't care that Amazon sucks, they are not testing for cannabis in North Fargo. So if you're sick of working day labor or if you're sick of, you know, sick of working for a good company, head on down to Amazon because I'm sure they're looking for workers and they won't test you for cannabis. So, you know, Hey, could be worse. You know, you could have to get drug tested for a job that was even worse. Okay, New York employers are no longer allowed to drug test most workers for cannabis. The State Department of Labor announced a new guidance. While many legal cannabis states have made it so workers can't be penalized for testing positive, New York appears to be the first explicitly to first to explicitly bar employers from testing for THC at all, with limited exceptions for certain categories of workers, which Again, that could be a pretty big gray area. Employers can still punish people for being actively impaired on the job, like like odor, probably. But the new rules create a high threshold for proving impairment, going so far as to say that the odor of cannabis is not enough on its own to be used as evidence. Let me read that again for the people. Again, you're listening to Cannon Talk ND with Wilson every Thursday here on KRWF 95.9. 4 o'clock, I get in here. 420, we open a big fat bag of cannabis news, and that is what I'm doing right now. I'm now telling you guys about New York employers can't drug test People for cannabis. Now, employers can still punish people, though, for being actively impaired on the job, but the new rules created a high threshold for proving impairment, going so far as to say that the odor of cannabis is not enough on its own to be used as evidence. And quite uh, quite, awful, quite often, in fact, the odor has what's always got everybody in trouble. I mean, cannabis is stink. 
You know, now there's a lot of different ways, and I personally don't think smoking is the healthy way to do it. But again, if you need it immediately and you're having a PTSD, like a night terror moment, and you got the thing next to the bed, boom, boom, boom. But again, I know from personal experience that you do get a smoker's cough, and a smoker's cough can't be good. So the legalization bill that former Governor Andrew Cuomo signed in March broadly prohibits de- discrimination against employees who use cannabis while off duty, with some exceptions as those regulated by the DOT. In essence, New York's DOL said it in a fact published earlier this month that drug testing requirements for cannabis constitute discrimination. So can an employer test for cannabis? No. Can an employer drug test if a federal allows for drug testing? No. Prior to the passage of statewide legalization, officials had established a local ban on pre-employment drug testing for cannabis. So let's give New York employers can't drug test anybody a hand. All right. Well, that's exciting. Now, this is ex- this is not exciting. This is kind of a slap your forehead moment here. This is another cannabis moment article. One day ago, Kyle Yeager. Top Mexican senator says cannabis legalization bill may be taken up within weeks. Okay, so this is the elusive Mexican, we're going to legalize cannabis that started three years ago. So the president of Mexico, Senate, says lawmakers could advance legislation to regulate cannabis in the coming weeks. At the request of legislators, the court agreed to extend its deadline for Congress to formally end prohibition on multiple occasions. But because of the repeated failed attempts to meet those deadlines, they voted to end criminalization on their own in June. Lawmakers have been on this for three years now. They declared the country's prohibition on the personal possession was unconstitutional. But the problem was they didn't have a policy. There was no policy. So in these times, there's no longer room for the prohibitionist policy, says Senate President Olga Sanchez Cardero, who previously served as cabinet-level possession in President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador's administration. We are the Mexico freedom, she said, and the people are aware of it. Lawmakers will take up implementation legislation in the coming weeks or months, but I do not want more time to pass. But again, that's what they always stink and say. I mean, these guys have taken so stinking long. It's just wild. Now, here's an article. Americans want to live where cannabis is legal, real estate survey finds. Americans would rather live in states where cannabis is legal than in those that continue to criminalize cannabis consumers. That's according to a new survey published on Monday by real estate company Redfin. Among those who recently moved to a new metro area, 46% said they prefer to reside somewhere cannabis is fully legal compared to just 22% who want to live in a place with prohibition still in effect. The share of those who like legalized jurisdictions includes more than 1 in 10 respondents who say they would only consider living in places where cannabis can be legally purchased. Now, I wouldn't mind doing that. 32% of people taking the survey said they don't care about the cannabis issue when it comes to where they live. The survey, which involved 1,000 people Uh, who moved to a new home during the 18 months prior to answering the questions, also asked about other issues such as abortion policy, voting rights, gender and sexual, whatever. So Redfin said that while public policies on cannabis and other issues are important factors, other considerations often take precedence. People take the politics of a place into consideration. uh, That other factors, including housing and affordability, is taken into uh, priority. But uh, prior analysis, including one published this year, has shown that cannabis legalization is associated with higher home property values. Home values increase $6,000 more in states where cannabis is legal in some form compared to states that haven't legalized cannabis. Last year, a separate analysis from economists at the U of O, that's Oklahoma, similarly found that states that legalized had seen a boost in housing prices. 
Research included a study released this month that was authored by a federal official with the U.S. Department of Ag has tied cannabis legalization to lower crime rates, a key factor in home values, and neighborhood desirability. So, impact of cannabis legalization on crime reduction is being underestimated, new study finds. Studies have repeatedly identified an association between legalizing cannabis and reduction in crime. Most studies looking at crime and cannabis rely on FBI data sourced from local cops. But, you know, it's it's all unfounded. Again, I mean, imminent threat in Oregon. Now I get water depletion. You're using crazy pesticides. I, I get all that stuff. And I don't like it, you know, but I also don't like living in a state that doesn't have it available. So what do you do? Because back in the day, you could have convinced a lot of people that it was kind of maybe bad and you were kind of breaking the law. But now the people breaking the law are the, is the government and the restriction and people that aren't, you know, the people we're supposed to vote in isn't doing what we want. So how long do you let them tell you what to do? So in a lot of cases, this is hemp and CBD. This isn't even like, you know, it isn't even THC really. It's just you can't get state regulated stuff to an un, you know regulated state. I mean, back in the day, there was no regulatory officers that made sure there was you know, that it all passed inspection. I'm not saying inspection ain't good. It is good, you know, but again, if you've got somebody suffering, I say get it to them. But again, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a cop. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just Wilson. Talks about cannabis in a positive light here on Canada Talk ND with Wilson. As we kind of wrap this thing up, I got, and you don't know this, but when I say wrap things up, that puts me about 20 minutes away from waffle time. And again, I just, I can't stop thinking about it, to be honest with you. Like, like one day you should go off sugar for four weeks and then go eat like a big fat strawberry cheesecake waffle and then call into the show and we'll talk about it. But I guarantee you, oh, I almost forgot to talk about stinking Sanjay Gupta. He explained his cannabis reversal and discussed very biased U.S. research with Joe Rogan. He, uh, I don't know, he wasn't entirely convincing because he, he kind of sounds like a paid talking head. I kind of, I don't know about him no more, but he definitely switched his position. And uh, I've always quoted Sanjay Gupta, but that was a pretty big platform. And he did kind of, he probably did help cannabis legalization a little bit. So shout out to him. New York regulators moved to let medical cannabis patients grow on their own and give cannabis expungement updates. So we'll wrap up kind of talking to you with Wilson. That happens every Thursday here on KRWF 95.9. Radio Fui Fargo, New York cannabis regulators are finally moving to allow cannabis patients in the state to grow plants for personal use, and they provided an update on progress towards expunging records. Virginia, like I said, expunged 60,000. Uh, California's having, okay, here's what's happening with California. They said you could expunge, and they did something similar to Doug Buzzkill did here in North Dakota. You had to file some forms, you had to follow through some stuff, and then a court had to stamp it and bing it and hit the gavel and and so they're all backed up. Some people don't even know where those expungements are. So they're trying to weed through the expungements instead of just making immediate expungements, which it should be the way it should be. So at their second meeting on Thursday, the control board voted unanimously to file the proposed regulations would allow the patients to cultivate up to six plants, indoors or outdoors. There'll be a 60-day public comment period. Uh, they're proud to present these proposed regulations. The home cultivation of medical cannabis will provide certified patients with a cost-effective means of obtaining cannabis through personal cultivation while creating a set of standards governing the conduct and activities relating to the personal cultivation of cannabis. Now, that is 
really nice. And I, I wish everybody would adopt that quote. So here's a little something. We're kind of read a little something. Um, there's an imposing a duty on patients to take reasonable measures to ensure that the plants cultivated is not readily accessible to anyone under the age of 21. So you got to self-police yourself. Designated caregivers can cultivate no more than six. However, caregivers cultivating for multiple patients may cultivate one additional plant for each patient. Uh, caregivers uh, for patients under 21 uh, who has physical and cognitive uh, impairments may cultivate on the behalf of the patient. Certified patients 20 year, 21 years of older may cultivate a handle for personal use with a limit of six, three mature, and three immature. So that is uh, really cool. Cannabis products could not be processed using any liquid or gas other than alcohol that has a flash point above 100 degrees. And anyway, thanks for listening to me tell you about cannabis that's happening around our fine state and our fine nation. And I'll bring you another week's worth of curated information regarding the benefits of cannabis next Thursday. And until then, this hour of music on KRWF 95.9 LPFM is being underwritten by the 11th Annual Fargo Record Fair. The Fargo Record Fair will take place on Saturday, October 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Fargo Brewing Company, located at 610 North University Drive in Fargo. This year, over 45 tables, count them, 45 tables with vinyl records, CDs, 8-tracks, cassettes, posters, T-shirts, music memorabilia, and much more. Search Fargo Record Fair on Facebook for further details. And we will be up in the building spinning the music spinning the wax i'll be setting up i'll be tearing down so you'll be seeing me around if you're looking for me again shout out sour music fargo record fair october 23rd 11 a.m to 6 p.m come check us out we'll be there we'll have a table and that's that so we're now to the musical break and i'm one step closer to a waffle here's sometimes salvation featuring steve gorman jason isbell in the 400 unit does a Black Crows cover. Here you go. Yes, sir. Sometime Salvation. Steve Gorman. Jason Isbell. 400 unit. Here on KRWF 95.9. RadioFreeFargo.org. A stream of wherever you at. Moorhead Fargo is where we hail from. This show is brought to you by Can of Talk and D with Wilson. Is brought to you by Black Cottage Alchemy. BlackCottageAlchemy.com. Black Cottage Alchemy on Facebook. Or you can go downtown here right outside the studio to Tochi Products. Go in there. They got body butter, colloidal silver, whatever you need for health and wellness. And I support them and they support me. So get in there and get you some. Sign the ND for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition while you're in there. Also, Orange Records has a petition you can sign. IndieCannabisCaucus.com. You can find out where in your town you can sign to push cannabis legalization. Educate yourself so you can educate others on the benefits of cannabis. I'm going to jump out of here early. I got a date with a waffle. You guys take care of yourself. I'll see you next Thursday. David Allen, Judgment Day. Peace.